out the Junior High Ministry Podcast at Mariner's Church. For this and more content, check us out online at marinerschurch.org slash jhm. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, for an opportunity to teach uh, and to learn and to hear about you. Uh, Let this be uh, the words of God flowing through me. Let it not be my own. Uh, Let the students learn something. Just grab onto one little thing today uh, that can be life-changing. And that is your son, Jesus Christ. Pray all this in your name. Amen. Men. You know, when I was in high school, I had a real, I was always like a partier guy. I liked to go to parties and not like crazy wild parties, but just like get togethers of people. And I remember one time my mom told me for my birthday I could have this big, awesome bash party. And it was great. We got bounce houses there and we got this karaoke thing there. And we, this is, oh, this is real old school. We got this airbrush tattoo guy there. I think maybe that started my love for tattoos, believe it or not. And I did this whole Mike Tyson thing on my face. And that's a true story. And it, I just loved this party. It was so fun. We got tons of food there. It was catered, and we brought all my friends. So I went to my school. I had made these little invites, like on my computer. They were real cheap looking, but we printed them on like really heavy paper, and so it looked kind of cool. And I put one in every locker. I invited everyone, invited people from my church, invited everyone. Now there's a the thing: they all showed up, and they all came to this party, and we honestly had a blast at this party. But but then everyone left, and this is the thing that that I remember vividly: everyone left. And I remember saying to myself, man, is this it? And even though I had so many good times and I really enjoyed myself, I really thought even at that age, even when I was a sophomore in high school, I said to myself, is this the extent of relationships? Like, is this it? Having a party, sharing a moment, enjoying ourselves for a little while, and then it's over, and then it's just back to me alone in my room. Like, is that the way life is meant to be? Is that the way God envisions relationships? And I, I wrestled with that for a while, and this is the thing, it, it, this about this series, that it's so good, because relationships aren't easy, they're difficult sometimes. And, and sometimes we forget about that as we go through our regular life, and maybe we have a couple close friends, or maybe we, uh, we have a, you know, a fairly good relationship with God, but there's actually a lot of things that maybe are happening behind the scenes that we're not seeing. And it's actually really good to talk about it. So we're kicking off the series to kind of talk about some of the essentials of relationships and why relationships are so important. You know, even in this day and age where uh, we're so connected uh, via uh, the, the internet and our phones and, I mean, any type of connection you could seek, you can have at a moment's notice, right? You know, I found this commercial that really laid it out pretty well. I just want to show it to you real quick. Go ahead and play that. Look at you guys with your fancy schmancy U-verse high-speed internet. You know, in my day, you couldn't just start streaming six ways to Sunday. You get knocked off. And sometimes it took a minute to download a song. That's 60 seconds for crying out loud. We know how long a minute is. Sitting, waiting for an album to download. I still have back problems. You're only 14 and a half. He doesn't have back problems. You kids have got it too good, if you ask me. Now you verse high-speed internet. Now, that's the thing. Here's the picture we're seeing. And that's a funny person. I have AT&T. I'm a big AT&T fan. Here's the picture we're seeing. Two friends sitting on the sofa, enjoying time together while both independently surfing the web, while they're both independently connecting with everyone else except for the person they're sitting right next to. Like, all these things are happening, but yet we we find ourselves that in the opposite of relationships, in the opposite of this thing that we want, we're actually finding ourselves in this lonely, almost secluded place. Even when we're with other people, we find ourselves alone and finding who to text and, and who we can update the schedule. And, and our relationships is based on the amount of likes we get on a photo. And if not for that, like we we're, we're not accepted by everyone, that we're not connected to everyone else. 
I found some really interesting tweets this week as I was searching this idea of seclusion and loneliness, because I want to see what some other people said. So I searched hashtag lonely and no friends. This is what I found. This girl is Eva. Uh, she's a junior higher uh, in, uh, in another state. This is what she said. Just another Friday night with me, myself, and I. No friends. You know, this other girl, this other guy, what's the next one say? Yeah, this guy, Chris, he's, uh, he's in high school. Uh, he's on the East Coast. Still, no one has texted me, teary-eye, which is very cute. No friends. And he's thinking to himself, hey, my way of defining relationship is through the text messages that I get. No one's connecting with me, and so I must be alone. And here's the next one. Uh, this girl, she's in school up in Washington State. Uh, she's a, a junior higher as well. It's so sad that I literally come straight home after school on a Friday and do absolutely nothing. No friends. You know, we talk about being connected so much. I mean, even in our promo for Rock the Patio, it's all about getting connected. So, you know, get connected, Mariners Junior High. And we talk about getting connected so much. But we, we've come to this place where we find ourselves uh, uh, having one foot in with relationships and with connection because we think we have an idea of what that looks like. And then the other foot in to really being alone. And not being alone because we choose that, but maybe not being alone because we really don't see uh, how God has made relationships to be. We're not living relationships to its fullest. You know, I look at God and, and his vision for us and being connected and being connected together. I look at him as this, this loving father that created us to be in relationship. That at the very beginning, the very beginning of everything, when he started creating the world, he valued relationship above most things, maybe most everything, actually. You know, I've created what I've considered sometimes to be my total heaven. I would get on my couch, and I still do this, Brittany knows this, I'll get on my couch, and I'll get my remote right next to me. Boys, you might do this. You get your Xbox or PS3 controller right next to you on the other side, and you wrap yourself in a blanket, and then you have your snacks everywhere, like, and as long as this is an arm's length, I mean, you're in great shape, and you're just shoveling it in your mouth, and that's, that's just the pit, everything you want is in an arm's length, and you are living the dream, and it is just the coolest thing ever. Now, when God decided that he was going to create what, what he thought would be amazing for people, what his heart's desire was, he created a lot of really cool stuff. He separated light from darkness, he created the earth, he created all the animals on the earth, he created, you know, put the water in place, and the land where it was meant to go, and the birds of the air, but it wasn't complete. Creation was incomplete. You know, this is what it says in Genesis chapter 1. It said, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Okay, so he's created all of these things. And God says that even with all these great things he's created, which is it's pretty amazing what, what he did, it was still incomplete. It was incomplete because it was lacking something that he felt was so important that he saw such value in, and that was relationship. And in verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. You know, he values relationship with us because he made us. He's our father. He loves us. He made us in his own image because he wants us to feel the sense of community uh, and, and uh, with him. That when we look at him, when we see him, 
we see a little bit of ourselves. He actually wanted to create us the same way too. So when we look at each other, we're not looking at aliens and weird things that don't make sense across the room. We're actually looking at people that somewhat look like us. He wants to make it easy for us to be in relationship. You know, he created all this specifically because he cares very much for us and cares very much about the relationship we have, not just with him, but with other people. He wants to make it easy for us. But man, if you're like me, there's been times that there's been barriers between you and other people, or maybe even between you and God, where you look at relationship and you say, man, that might be good for someone else, but that's not right for me. That I've, I've been through so much, I've had so many promises broken to me, that there's so many hurts that I've gone through, so much pain that I've gone through. And, you know, people who said they were going to be there for me ended up bailing on me. You know, what does God have to say about that? Or man, when my life was falling apart, where was God then? And we have like these lists of hurts and reasons why relationship between us and God isn't possible to you. And the reasons between why relationship between you and other people is not possible to you. But God says, listen, listen, listen. I, I actually value relationships so much. I don't want to just say okay to your reasons. I actually want to give you reasons why relationship is so important. You know, there's this church that Paul traveled to. Paul was a guy, and I've talked about him before. He travels around to different churches, starting churches and helping churches out. And he traveled to this one spot uh, in Galatia, uh, this church that they basically wrote a book about it called Galatians. And he traveled to there and was talking to them and was helping them through some of their relationship problems, relationships they were having between God and relationships they were having between each other. And this is what he said in Galatians chapter 5. He said, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Now, I'm just going to stop right there. This is, this is so crazy. This is so new. Because what Paul is telling me is that relationships isn't kind of derived by what you can get from someone else, but it's actually meant to be what, how you can serve and love someone else. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. I mean, this is vintage stuff. This is vintage relationship learning. This is, this is zombie, you know, cannibal friendships. Right, you know what a zombie is? I was talking to some students today who love The Walking Dead. Who loves The Walking Dead? Be, be completely honest. All right, and you're freaking out, but you love it. I know Callie loves it wherever she is. She just loves it. And I love it. Me and Brittany watch it all the time. And this is the thing. Zombies have no care about you at all. I know there's a new movie coming out. It's like a zombie love story. Has anyone seen previews for this yet? It's like a zombie love story. And the zombies are actually coming back to life because this one zombie saw this girl and fell in love. And now he's becoming more human. I know, totally crazy, right? But zombies don't care. They'll see you and they'll bite you. That's why I keep a little pickaxe next to my bed in case they come in my... And that's a true story. I used to keep it under my bed. Now it's in my dresser drawer. And this is the thing. I'm afraid of zombies zombies. And this is why I'm afraid of zombies. I'm afraid of zombies because they're not going to care that I work at a church. They're not going to care that I have a dozen Bibles in my office. They're not going to care that I work with a team of Christian people. They're not going to care that I'm marrying a godly woman. Marrying her in 12 days, by the way. Now, they're not going to care about those things. They're not going to care. They're going to see me as a piece of meat. Now, if you have had broken relationships, it's because the person that broke that relationship with you, or maybe if you were the one breaking the relationship, 
rather between someone else or between God, it's because that relationship was cannibalized because you didn't see the value that God sees. Man, imagine what it would look like to look at other people and see the same value that God sees in them. You know, from the very beginning, when God said, you know, I'm going to create you because I love you, and this creation that I've made is incomplete unless you are a part of it, unless you are a part of it. It is incomplete unless there is relationship in this story. You know, even then, you take a step further into Exodus, and you look at Moses at the burning bush, and Moses is just freaking out, and he doesn't, he can't go to Pharaoh. If you know this story, this is a classic Bible story. He can't go to Pharaoh to tell him to let my people go and to free the slaves, but God says, no, 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 don't worry about this. If you go, I am with you. I am invested in this story with you. You are not alone. You don't have to do this yourself. I am with you. You know, we just wrapped up Christmas, and if you came during the, the small uh, group worship night, uh, I talked a little bit about Emmanuel, and we talked about that a lot, actually, during Christmas, because it's this idea of God with us. He's with us. He's here. You're not alone. You're not doing this whole thing by yourself, but sometimes, and this is just me, I'll confess this myself, sometimes I get into a rhythm where I have my close friends and my little click, and, and I stick to ourselves, and I miss, I miss the fact that everyone was created in God's image, that everyone was created by him for a purpose, that everyone has value to him, and that God, when he had the chance to bail on us, because he did, and some people have had relationships where people bailed on them. My dad bailed on me. He, he just bailed. He Woke up one day and marriage wasn't for him and he bailed on my mom and bailed on me. He bailed. That was his choice. Now, God could have bailed on us. And I look at the story of this heavenly father and that's one of the things that draws me to Jesus because I look at him and this is what I see. I see two people, Adam and Eve, living uh, in Genesis in the Garden of Eden who have rebellion in their heart who are rebels against God, who see uh, the rules that God put in place and said that those rules may be good for you, but they're not good for me, and I'm going to rebel against them. I'm going to do the opposite of what you want. I am going to become your enemy because I am fighting against you, God. And when God could have said, forget you, You've given, you've given me nothing but trouble. I created you. I raised you from the dirt, from the ashes. You know, that's why, that's why it always bugs me when dogs uh, that I know bite me. Has anyone ever been bitten by their family dog? Okay, and doesn't it, doesn't it stink? And listen, it doesn't stink because you're being bitten by the dog. Being bitten by the dog does stink. But doesn't it stink a little more because you look at the dog and you're like, I raised you. Like, I've cleaned up your poop before. Like, how are you biting me right now? Like, what gives you, what gives you the right? You are a dog. You bark for a living. I go to school. I take math class. Do you take math class? And you look at that and you're like, I don't believe. What gives you the right to bite me? Okay, what gives humanity the right to bite God? What gives us as people the right to rebel against God? When all God is saying, this is all he's saying, this isn't complicated, okay? This is Christianity 101. If you've never been to church before, you came on a perfect week because God is saying, I want relationship with you, and I want you to have relationship with others. I want you to see my example. You know, Jesus came and during his whole time here on earth, this is what he did. This was so important. He hung out with people. 
had dinner with them at their houses. People he didn't even know. And even when he was falsely accused and arrested, when they conspired to murder him and succeeded, he still looked at this group of people that rebelled against him and rebelled against God and said, don't hold them accountable, God, for what they've done. They don't know what they're doing. You know, he's looking at you and he's saying the same thing. Man, I, I know he looked at me one point in my life and said, don't blame Justin for what he did. He doesn't know what he's doing. He has no idea how much I love him, how much I care for him. He's going to get it soon. When he does, that's going to be great. But don't hold it against him. You know, we move on in Galatians, and this is what it says. It says, the acts of the flesh are obvious, right? These things are not mysteries to God, right? This isn't some hidden code. These are the things that when you do them, this is the stuff that destroys relationships. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, Fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. You know, I had this friend. Uh, he was one of my students, and I still talk to him a little bit. He's a, he was a seventh grader back in my old church. He's in high school now. And he was such a cool kid. And he got the idea of relationship with God. He knew, just like I'm telling you now, that God wants relationship with us. He doesn't want us to be anonymous to him. He wants to be in a relationship where we know him and he knows us. He also knew, just like I'm telling you, that we are meant to be in relationship with one another. Well, his mom worked in Hollywood, which was very cool. And he actually got the chance to be on a television show, uh, which was a big riot. It was so cool. We saw, you know, saw him on the screen. It was, the it was a blast. Well, over the next couple weeks, people started befriending him and hanging out with him. I saw more on his Facebook wall, and people are hanging out with him at church. And I was like, oh, man, I was like, this is cool. Like, he's making more friends. Like, this is great. And I talked to him a couple weeks later because he actually looked pretty down. He came into my office, which I love students in my office, so come visit me sometime. And he was hanging in my office. I was, like, I was like, dude, I was like, you look so, like, is everything okay? Like, is everything, I put my hand on his shoulders, is everything okay? And he's like, dude, he's like, you know, I feel like I have, like, no friends. I said, man, I was like, it looks like you're hanging out with everybody. Like, every, it seems like you, you're getting tons of new friends. What, what are you talking about? He's like, no, 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 all those guys, all those girls, they only want to be friends with me so my mom can get them on a TV show. They don't really like me. They like what my mom can do for them. There's so much truth in that for a seventh grader to see. I mean, enough truth that I know you guys who are in seventh grade and sixth grade and eighth grade can probably see a lot of the same things. I mean, you can see the difference between a real relationship with someone that cares about you and a fake relationship where they're just kind of using you. You know, I, I think of uh, what, does it, what would it take then for us as Christians or, or for those maybe who don't know Jesus yet, but who are kind of questioning of what it looks like to be in this relationship with God and this and great relationships with others. What does it look like? You know, this is what Paul said about things that would produce great relationships. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is uh, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Just leave this up for a second. Back then, there was a group of people that, that did not believe in Jesus, but their goal was to become a part of the church in order to pull people that believed in Jesus away from the church. This was their whole job description. 
So they would come in and they would get people to believe like, oh, you know, this, this isn't, you know, this is, the, these, things are, uh, uh, these things are against the law. You shouldn't do these things. And, and these people weren't Christians, but they were trying to lead people away from Christ. And they would use the law as the, the example of how to lead people away and how to make people feel like they're breaking God's law. Now, this is why he said it the way he did. He doesn't look at these things like a job description. He's actually looking at these things as, as if you embody these things. These are, are not a checklist. This isn't a job description. You can't just check off like, oh, yeah, I was super joyful today. Oh, yeah, I was kind today. So, like, just check that off. No, no, no. If you are these things, if you're a doer of these things, there is no law against it. These are the things that God is all about. When you look at other people, the people that God created, and you think to yourself, man, it, Am I meant to be in relation with that person? Would God want me to be kind or be gentle or be nice to that person? The answer is yes. Of course he does. Because he looks at everyone with the same lens. I created them. I love them. I think they're amazing and wonderful and their talents are so good. And it's people sometimes that cannibalize relationships, not just with other people but also with God. He says in verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Because the Spirit of God is moving and living inside every one of us. And we have total access to it. It's free. But this is what we do. We fall into this rhythm where we where we allow the relationships that were destroyed, the relationships that were cannibalized between us and people, or the relationships that we cannibalized between us and God, and we look at that as the reason why this is not for us anymore. And we use that as the crutch, as the excuse for why. Well, here's my question to you, and be honest. Who here has had a relationship that has gone south? They had a relationship with someone, and it, it, it was destroyed, it was totally cannibalized, and you, there's still wounds there or scars that are left there because of it. Just raise them up high. You can be honest. And look around. Everyone look around. Raise your hands high. Look around and see that you're not alone in this. Look around and see that you're not the only one. Okay, now put your hands down. And here's my second question, if you, if you can be honest. Have you, and don't raise your hands about this, have you ever been the one to cannibalize a relationship with someone else. Have you, and this is, this is only used between you and God. You have to be honest here. Have you ever been the reason why relationship has been destroyed between, between you and other people or between you and God? Has it ever been your choice? You just saying, this isn't for me anymore. Forget this. I don't care, I don't care about this person. I don't care about their feelings. I, me and my feelings. Have you put that before other people? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I know I have at times. And it, and it hurts because I get to see the hurt in someone else's face. And it actually hurts a little more because it's been done to me, so I know how bad that it can hurt. You know, I feel that God wants us to be in relationship with each other and wants us to be in relationship with him. I, I feel like he's the author of relationship, and he pursued us to the very end. You know, I know what it feels like to, to pursue and to be pursued. Uh, did anyone ever, ever feel the, the feeling of, like, being pursued? Maybe you played tag or something, or, or someone was, like, hunting you down or, like, looking for you, or, like, the principal, like, boys, you knew you were in trouble, and you knew that someone was coming for you. 
and that feeling of like, someone's coming for me, and I gotta get the heck out of here, okay? Now, I know what it feels like to also be the one pursuing. Uh, this is a pretty large church. I think we can all agree with that. Uh, and there are some times that me and Brittany get separated from you know, different sides of the church, and that feeling of, of looking for her and seeking her, that feeling of, of where could she be, where is she, and looking everywhere for, anticipating where she could be, and hoping when I get there that I find her. God is pursuing you the exact same way. He is looking for you. He is looking for you to be in relationship with him and to be in relationship with others. He, he is, he's, he's, he's on the prowl for you. He's, he's anticipating where you could be. He's hoping that even in this room right now that you are taking to heart the words that he spoke in the Bible. That you're seeing that his desire, that his heart is bent toward you, bent toward humanity, and toward us being in relationship with him, being in relationship with others. This is the thing. There's times where relationship falls apart. And you might ask yourself, okay, okay, Justin, I agree. I hear what you're saying. The, 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 what we've read today in the scriptures, what you have, have told us, and we, we will agree that it is true that God wants us to be in relationship with him and in relationship with others. But here's the thing. I destroyed my relationship with others. And I, I have butchered my relationship with God. And I feel like there's no going back now. I don't know how. I've messed up so bad. I've, I've gone away from God so deeply, and, and you wouldn't know it if you looked at me because I'm a student leader or because I come to church here every Sunday or because my parents are Christians. You would never know it if you looked at me. But in my heart, in the things you can't see, you know in your heart that you're not, you're not where you should be with God, that you are not in relationship with him right now. And you also may be sitting here thinking of your best friend or a parent, or a sibling that you argued with this week. Maybe you told them something that you just, you can't believe you said. Maybe you, I've told my mom I hated her before in an argument. And that, it, it, to even think about that now breaks my heart because I love my mom. But man, in the heat of argument, I severed, I broke that relationship with her. So how do you go about repairing that? Well, I believe that it starts one step at a time. And during this response time, I'm going to invite Jason to come back up He's going to play some music, and I'm going to give you guys an opportunity right now to take that first step to repairing that brokenness. Either it be brokenness with other people, with a friend, or with a sibling, or with a family member, or the brokenness with God. And this is how I'm going to do it. At these two tables in the corner, there are some green slips of paper. And on them, this is what it says. It says, I am sorry, or I miss you. And this is simple stuff. It doesn't have to be complicated. If, you're, if you broke relationship with someone, you, you, sh- you got to go write that down. you got to say, I'm sorry. I know that sounds small. I know you're, you're thinking, oh, you, you know, Justin, you're, 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 the, big, the big summation of your lesson is saying I'm sorry to someone. Yes, it is. If you broke relationship with someone, if you severed the ties, if you left scars and bruises, you have to say I'm sorry. Now, if you've broken relationship with God, if you're sitting here and you're like, I am so far away from God in my heart, you don't even know it. And you miss him. Like, you miss that feeling of, of a God that's pursuing you and that loves you. And that when he had the chance to bail on you, he didn't. Go fill out one of those cards and we have the prayer walls up today. And you just leave it at the prayer wall as a symbol to God that I want to be right with you. 
I wasn't before I came in this room, but I'm leaving this room right with you, and, and I'm going to go pursue someone if I have to and become right with them too. I want to take just a moment to pray, then I'm going to dismiss you to these tables. If you need to get right with God, if there's a, a break of relationship there, if it's been cannibalized somehow, today you can fix it. Today you can solve it. And if it's another person, then write it down, put it in your pocket, and pursue that person the way God's pursued you. Even when sometimes you didn't deserve it. Or at least you think you didn't deserve it, but guess what you did? Because God loves you that much. Let's take a moment and pray, and I'm going to dismiss you to your tables. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for an opportunity to hear from your word and an opportunity to look at our relationships and see the things that you value, relationship with us and relationship with each other. Lord, allow us to take one step toward fixing cannibalized relationships. Rather it be from the cause of us or the cause of someone else, let us take a step toward fixing it today. Thanks for being a God that listens to us and cares for us. Like a friend. Thanks for being a friend to us. Pray this in your name. Amen. When you guys are ready, go off to a table, fill out what you need to. Prayer walls are up here.